Hello, welcome back to the Robert A. Heinlein Book Club. And in this episode, we will uh, be looking at Space Cadet, which is the second of Heinlein's Juveniles. It was published originally in 1948. And so this novel also begins our coverage of Heinlein's 1948 writings, which will include not only Space Cadet, but a handful of, of stories, a handful, four or five maybe. Um, but first, let's talk about the novel. So um, I'm only going to look at the first half of it here, um, and there's not a whole lot to say about the plot. It's more just setting up the characters and setting up the world. So there's a lot of interesting world building going on in the first half of this this book. Um, so first of all, like this is a much more solid story than... Rocket Ship Galileo, in part, like we have much more well-defined characters. The stakes uh, seem it seems more real. Um, maybe it's because if if you watch a lot of Star Trek, there's a lot that's familiar here from the Federation and the values of the Federation. It's hard to believe that Star Trek writers weren't influenced pretty directly by by this book um, or or similar ones conveying these values because it's. Really, what I think Heinlein's trying to do here is, uh, you know, set up what something like Starfleet <clears throat> would look like in terms of how it trained people, how it takes uh, extraordinary people, not only extraordinarily talented in their like their math and science skills and, and the skills they need to succeed in um, in being a, a space patrol f- military force. Um, but also the value, more importantly, actually, the values of something like the Federation, which is about peace and diversity and equality um, and all that. So all that is being worked out in the first half of this book. Um, I'm recording this before I actually finish reading the book, so I don't quite know where it's going to go. But you get a sense that these different characters and their distinctive traits are going to be significant in the you know, in in the, in the story later on, I think. Um, now, like the other juveniles, it's it's a coming of age story that is almost we, we take for granted. Every juvenile I, I've read read has that aspect to it, and this one fits into that as well. In fact, Rocket Ship Galileo is is less clear as a coming of age story um, than this one because we really have there. It's like they go to the moon and they come back. Yeah, they save the world from Nazis, space Nazis, but it's that's almost an afterthought in the story um actually but and then it seems they're going to go back on to their normal lives at that point no this is someone who's actually transitioning to a profession to be a professional officer in something like starfleet um it's, it's actually called the interplanetary patrol but uh it, it's essentially like a starfleet but uh, it's not interstellar yet it's just basically for the solar system um, the world building here, um, it has a lot in common with the future history uh, world in that humans have settled the solar system and you have a merchant fleet, you have, uh, but what's really to be in, and you have a military force, the Marines, 
which is only talked about here. We don't really yet get a firsthand account of them. And then most importantly is the Interplanetary Patrol, which is, it's, it, it, it seems to be the most prestigious of them. In fact, a character is asked right away in the first chapter, it's like, if you don't want to do this, you can always just join the merchant um, fleet, which is the more capitalist. It, it doesn't have the same lofty values. So what really separates these different um, sectors of, of the human presence in space is, is values, right? The Marines, uh, much more hardcore loyalty-based military group, and then the Interplanetary Patrol is all about peacekeeping and equality and, and you know, honesty, uh, fulfillment of law, uh, fulfilling justice, these more um, high-valued kind of, of concepts. Which, I, I don't know if, if Heinlein's making a commentary about the military in, in its own sense. I, I don't know if you could have a military quite built on these principles outside of something like um, a federation, like as long as you have nation states, really what's going to matter is loyalty and, and brute military power. And, and you know, that you, you're not supposed to transcend your loyalties. You're supposed to like embrace them in, in modern day militaries. But the interplanetary, interplanetary patrol is all about transcending those values and becoming something um, greater. Allegiance to humanity, um, also allegiance across species, because we're told, and this is, I think, also in the future history, although this is not a future history book, as I understand it, but there's a lot of commonalities. Um, you have uh, different, you know, alien species living in the solar system. They're equals uh, of humanity. They're presented that way, and their values are equally respected. Regional cultural values are also given equal respect. Um, now, there are certain practices and behavior and manners that are upheld as the proper behavior of the interplanetary patrol. But we're also told that, you know, you have to, you know, conform yourself to the people you interact with because they're also diplomats. So again, it, it really reminds us of Starfleet. Um, and I think that's, that's all great. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It, it's just, it's just really nice to, uh, to read this. This is actually like more like next generation type Starfleet than even the Starfleet we get in the original series, seems to me. So that's that's kind of what we get for setting, I think. Uh, I'm sure we'll learn more about, especially like the Marines, hopefully we'll learn more about the Marine um, in, in the next episode as well, when I finish the book. I'm through chapter nine of it. Um, mostly we're stuck with the training. I think, yeah, no point in the first nine chapters is he not in some element of training. And, and it's basically, we start with the, essentially the basic training. Our, our, that's when we meet our characters and we should talk about them briefly. Um, there's a bunch that, that come and go, but our major ones are Matt Dodson. He's our main point of view character. Um, then we have uh, Tex. Uh, his main characteristic is he's, I guess he's from Texas, but he's a, kind of a girl crazy guy. He's, uh, you know, we got a nice mix of teenagers here of different, different values and backgrounds. We have a, uh, we have one guy, Burke, who is, is kind of a rich boy who uh, is brought, you know, is, has some privileges. So this is Heinlein's little, because cause it's sort of his stab at, I think, uh, aristocracy and inequality of 
you know, in systems like this, that this doesn't that doesn't matter ultimately to the decisions whether he makes it through or not. He can't, you know, he, there's times he can like bribe a wait, waiter. He can um, do things like that, but he can't really bribe his way into the interplanetary patrol and he eventually gets washed out. We have a couple of people from different planets, like a Venusian, someone else from Ganymede. Um, so we get people from different backgrounds, different class status, statuses, and, and that's something really Heinlein is trying to establish here, is that this is a very egalitarian system. It's, it's a meritocracy. I guess that's not egalitarian, maybe, even though its values are across. They're all about justice and defending the rights of, of the citizens of the solar system. But it's, it's, a, it's a true meritocracy. It's a meritocracy that's as well-developed as, as possible. Um, so they start out in like basic training where they're tested in various ways. Um, and we get to meet the characters as they interact. And they're, 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 they're kids. They're, they're young men. They're just like the ones in Rocket Ship Galileo. It's about that same age group, uh, you know, 18 or so. So, yeah, homesick. Girl crazy at times, nervous, unsure of themselves, uh, smart certainly. They all they all seem to be fairly smart, but um, it's it's like what you'd expect at a relatively diverse like high school, in that you have these different types of, of values. They laugh at each other, they they're inappropriate at times. They don't always have to talk to authority or talk to older people. They get embarrassed a lot and they feel bad when they're embarrassed. It's really a good depiction of young people a lot better than rocket ship galileo where we just have these like three nerds with a who get recruited by a bigger nerd to do really nerd stuff these are much more well-drawn characters and we get to live with them for half the book just in and we're not even done i think there's probably going to be another couple chapters where it's all about their training we'll, we'll see if they finally take off at some point um for for an actual mission and and, and get their way through um, now, the tests that they go through in the first couple of chapters are really interesting because they're not really testing skill so much as they're testing to some degree problem solving, but also honesty. Um, and that, like, that's the distinct, like, there's moments in these tests where they could have cheated, where uh, they're, 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 for instance, at one point they're told, like, not to question the order, like, the, the instructions in the, in, in the mission, but uh, Burke... Not at Burke, uh, Dodson figures out that there's no way to solve the the puzzle essentially with the instructions they got, and he goes up and he asks the question, uh, kind of asks a question about that, saying like this doesn't seem to work, and they're like, well, you're done, right on your score. Well, obviously he was doing the right thing. He figured out that it was unsolvable, but that was really what was testing. Or another one where they have to drop beads into like a a bottle or a glass blindly. And he doesn't drop any, he only against one or two, and he doesn't, but you could have cheated, right? Uh, there's a lot of tests like that where they could have cheated. In fact, there's so many of these tests that seem to be thinly veiled character tests that when um, they get word that one of the training ships explodes, one of the other characters, one of their trainees, doesn't believe this is true, believes this is just another test of character. Um, but ultimately, uh, now there's a really fun device here which uh, Heinlein uses to show like the weeding of the ranks in which at the cafeteria they each have a number, you know, to sit in. And as that number gets smaller and smaller, it's, it's because there's fewer seats, there's fewer seats that need to be filled up. Ultimately though, they, they a handful of this group, it's like 
a few dozen or so, are graduated into the interplanetary patrol as as essentially tra trainees or recruits or whatever, and they have to go on to further training, and they go to like a an orbiting ship first, where they have to um, do some basic training and experience space flight, and then they spend some time at Terra Station, where uh, Tex you know gets really you know you see some women officers. Which there are women officers, but there's not women officers. I don't know if they have the other ship or they're being trained somewhere else, but there's no girls early on in the story, unfortunately. But we're constantly reminded of Texas's uh, desire, wish that there were girls. But Terra Station, not only are there female officers, but it's hinted that there's girls he might be able to meet. Um, and they go out. And this is when Burke, I think, I think it's Burke, bribes a waiter to give him some drinks. And that leads to some some drama. A nice, nice moral lesson about drinking and following the rules or all, all that after their time in Terra station they were transferred to another training vessel called the james randolph and that's kind of all we get for a plot in the first half of the book so there's not that much to say about what's uh, about the story it's really about the, the, as i said the setting and and the values of of the of the interplanetary patrol now, clearly, as a science fiction novel, I think this shines in in the realm of world building and establishing the the values of this um, this interplanetary uh, peacekeeping force, essentially. Um, but there is good science here. Um, a lot of thought was put into the like the orbit, the artificial gravity. We got this the the slide roads, uh, the slide walks that show up often, which which are kind of like the same things we have from the roads must roll uh those constantly be get, being reused but they are how people move around on the ship there's also a lot of detail just about military discipline and behavior and, and attitudes that are inculcated into the young recruits everything from uh you know living with little because they're on space they can't carry much with them to uh to following orders and what are the limits of following orders at what points can you disobey orders uh obviously if they not unless they they betray some greater value like you know the rights of, an, of another sentient species or a sentient um, creature of some sort so uh that's all uh well thought out too um yeah i don't know there there's not much to say too much about the plot actually because I, I think we really just are are getting to know these characters and they're all pretty pretty likable i think they all they all have their their moments uh and they are just young people who are meeting each other and getting to know each other and and feeling that camaraderie and 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 getting that love for one another through their their common experiences of struggling and making it through this very intensive process that most people fail at right um, it, it, yeah, I actually at one time when reading this was thinking of like Stephen King's The Long Walk, but not nearly as brutal. But you still get this idea of like a, a huge group of young men striving to do something, but there's fewer and fewer of them as the story goes on. And through that weeding, whittling and down process, the group becomes more united and you see a development of a solidarity between them that, that even goes beyond what they're being trained and the values that they're supposed to do articulate in their in their career their chosen career path um speaking of careers i think it, as a 
novel about young people trying to understand what they want in life and, and how their career plays a role in that. It's also very powerful um, because our main character, Dotson, is not entirely sure this is what he wants to do. I, I mean, in a sense, he, he wants to do this, but he has doubts um, throughout the story. And those doubts come in him second guessing himself in his feeling of his own inadequacy, uh, fears of failure. And there are moments when he thinks he's not going to make it. Uh, it's too dangerous. It's too difficult. It's he's not the kind of person they want. It turns out he's exactly the kind of person they want because he has the he is the archetypical space cadet. He's the he's the titular character. He's the one who who has the values that the interplanetary patrol really wants. So I think uh, I, I think it's a pretty good novel so far. I'm liking it a lot more than some of the other stuff I've read by Heinlein recently. Um, I thought some of the 1947 stories, they, they were mixed. There's a lot of good stuff there, but there was a few. Um, especially the ones I read at the end, I held off to the end. I didn't like that much. Here I feel I'm back in, in Heinlein's mind. And he's in a place I'm comfortable with. There's not too much here that's, that's kind of Heinlein kind of wrestling with you and, and, and kind of forcing you to like grapple with his his profound ideas because if you've raised on Star Trek this is all like second nature stuff to you this is this is what the Starfleet Academy show if they ever do that would will, will, would do I suppose um, a lot of these kind of plots would be part of that 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 story um, maybe maybe it wouldn't be too bad I don't know I haven't been watching too much of the new Star Trek um, I probably should get back into that at some point but uh, we'll see so the next episode, we'll, 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 we'll see if this story actually goes somewhere in terms of plot. I'm presuming it does. I mean, who would have guessed Nazis on the moon uh, in Rocketship Galileo? Which, who would have guessed that that would have showed up in the last third of the novel? So I'm sure this is going to go some places. Um, in fact, I think, yeah, looking at the chapter 10, it looks like he's, he's getting out on a mission here. He's going out into, into space. Um... I haven't said too much maybe about the relationship between Dotson and the recruits and the officers. Um, it's, it's again what you'd expect because this is a hierarchical institution. It has to be. It, it, it's a military institution, um, but it's one unified by, by higher ideals than the normal militaries, which will just embrace um, like loyalty to the flag. That doesn't matter here. What matters is loyalty to the um, to ideals. In fact, that's worked out. I think in chapter nine, where they, while they're on the Randolph ship, uh, which is still another training vessel, they have like a book club or a debate club kind of thing, and they actually openly debate whether you need the interplanetary patrol anymore. All right, and while they're exposed to all the ideas that why it's not needed. Uh, now, Dotson got this to a degree from his father, who uh, thinks it's kind of outlived it, and and that's another subplot here is the tension between. His family, who has different goals for him, very much like Starship Troopers in that way, I suppose. Um, but, you know, it's a very open institution. It, it, it is something enviable. It's, it's a shame we don't have something more like this. Um, it, in that sense, it's maybe fantasy. I don't care. I like it. I dig it uh, for what it is. So uh, I'll leave you at that. I'm enjoying Space Cadet. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, I, I recommend this one. Certainly uh, above Rocket Ship Galileo. And I'll finish up my thoughts on it next, uh, next episode. So uh, that's it for now. Uh, thanks for listening.